Welcome to Scary Savannah and Beyond. This is episode 22. I'm your host, Brett, and sitting across from me, laughing hysterically for some <laughs> unknown reason, is my lovely co-host, also known as Crystal. I was just wondering who you're waving at. I was waving at you. At the listeners. They're not listening to my wave. Well, the YouTube ones are. Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, everybody in YouTube land. How you doing? I was waving at Crystal, but I was waving at you too. So how have you been this week? I've been really good. I'm actually excited. I have a day off tomorrow, so I get to spend some time with the dogs and maybe do some yard work. Ooh, that sounds That's like my a whole idea of bunch fun. of fun. It is my idea of fun. Yeah. Going to get yours, to do some yard work. That's like my idea of punishment. <laughs> well, I, I won't do, make you help. I don't want to be oppressed by the yard work. I won't make you help. Don't worry. I'm photoshopping pictures of dogs going coffee mugs right now. I got important business to do. Yeah, that is more important. But yeah. to me, that's boring. So I'd rather work in the yard. Yeah, I love doing Photoshop. I do the Photoshop. You do. Today, I would like to commemorate something our podcast has managed to get to a nice little plateau. Crystal, you want to tell them what just happened for us this week? Yeah, we finally made it over the 10,000 listen mark. That's right. And that's almost as good as money. <laughs> no, it is not. Well, I view it as good as money. It's like, <laughs> I would hate know? to add up how much money we have put into this podcast. Do you know how many zeros that is behind the one, but before the decimal? Four? Is it? It's more than three. So I'm telling you, it's one <laughs> well, better than three. if those were three. dollars, it would be great, but they're not. Yeah. We've been going since Halloween of last year. This is episode 22. So I feel like we've done pretty good so far. Hopefully by episode 24, we'll be up to 240,000 listeners. <laughs> I think it's a completely realistic yes, goal. Yes. And uh, I am in no way trying to do far too much in too short of a time. Yeah, you never set your expectations too high. Not at all. On this episode, we're going to have a very special guest. He is very close to me in both the physical sense and the genealogical sense, right? Yes. Seeing as he is my brother. And that's going to be Andrew. And he is quite a bit younger than we are. Yeah. He's actually closer to our kids' ages. So we basically did watch him grow up. Yeah, we did. And we have a few pictures of him as a little kid, apparently, that we're going to show you, much to his chagrin and dismay, I'm sure. Oh, he was a cute little kid. So I'm going to pop those up right now. And watching him grow up, we saw him achieve quite an accomplishment. Yeah, he's a star. He is a star. He, I pale in comparison to my brother. <laughs> he's a veritable YouTube sensation. He is. Um, so I mentioned, and Crystal said earlier, that we've had about 10,000 listens. And that not, sounds like a lot. Not nearly until... as many views on YouTube as we have listens on audio, but we're trying to grow. And I'm pretty happy with that so far. I think we've had a reasonable, expectable you amount of were growth. until you looked at Andrew's today. Yeah. and But that pales in comparison to Andrew, who is famous for something that most of our viewers and listeners probably are well aware exists, yeah. but would not know that he is the one that this particular thing he's known for is about him. And that's why you might not know him by his name. But due to his fame, he's been viewed on YouTube literally millions of times. And when I say millions, I'm not talking facetiously. Yeah. Like one video alone has been viewed over 35 million times. That's crazy. 
and he has been on TV. He's even been mentioned in a famous rapper's lyrics. <laughs> Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. And he even had a segment on the comedy television show Tosh.0. I did know that. Yeah. That's, seen that. I think that's what he's probably mm-hmm. best known for, at least around the people he went to school with at the time. So all that being said, you may know him as the Spelling Bee Kid, the face of the Spelling Bee, or possibly as the Negus Kid. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and play you a quick video clip to see if it might ring a few bells for you. Negus. Negus. Um, what is the language of origin? Uh, Ethiopian to Amharic. Um, what is the definition? A king. It's used as a title of the sovereign of Ethiopia. Negus. Negus. Could you use it in a sentence? The Negus ruled Ethiopia until the coup of 1974. Negus. Negus. And, and would you say the word loudly for the judges? Negus. One more time? Negus. 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 N E G U S, Negus. Absolutely stunned, but he'll take it. Again, when in doubt, sound it out. Spell it just like it sounds, and it pays off every once in a while. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce my brother, YouTube sensation, famous spelling, semi-champion. <laughs> Participant. And, and all-around strange person, Andrew. Andrew, how are you doing today? Quite strangely, as you said. I would not expect. I hope you're doing well as, hope you're doing well as well. I'm doing so good, I can't even believe it. Can you believe it? I don't believe it. But what do you believe? Well, I suppose we're going to see a little bit later on, aren't we? Yes, this might be the reason we're canceled. <laughs> Can into- we get canceled? <laughs> I don't know. It's probably possible, but we're going to find <laughs> we out. Cancel our own show. So, Andrew, we'll obvi- obviously it's been a long time since uh, all that stuff I mentioned about you being a spelling bee kid. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about you know how that went for you? What, what year was that when that all happened? The first year I was at the National Spelling Bee was 2007, and that was the year that the Negus incident occurred. <laughs> so um, how old were you? Knocked, I always have to think this through for you a moment. You were one in 94. I was 12 yeah, at 12. the time. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there was that famous word that I, I don't even know what the count is, and Brett made it sound like it's a whole lot, and it is, but I don't know the number. I know it is in the millions, but I think he may be overstating it. I'm not no, overstating we it. We looked it up. We literally we're looked it up at the parking it. lot. I'm probably understating yeah. it, if anything. Oh, well, that, that changes it. So when you Sorry spelled that word or when you were standing there, did you have like did you realize that people were going to think that it sounded similar to another word? Did it, it occur to you? absolutely did not cross See, my it mind didn't me either. Bit. I mean, either. And it's like, I think they all thought you were like scared to spell the word because yeah. of its implications. But <laughs> I, I saw a lot of parody videos where it's basically a person watching you. Yeah. It shows their face and their reaction to you when you're mm-hmm. spelling that word. And most of them are saying, does he know what he's saying or yeah. what he's spelling? So <laughs> she's basically asking you, did, nothing like that crossed your mind when you were on stage in front of what was it? Tom Bergeron? Was that who was Tom there? Bergeron yeah. and Robin Roberts and a thousand 
other people, including some proficient spellers that were uh, better than me. I just got lucky. (laughs) (laughs) So that never crossed your mind. And uh, you were just probably caught up in the moment by being in front of a TV camera, I imagine, right? It was more so the word than anything, but I would like to use this opportunity to clear it up for the world after so many years. Please do. Not once. Did anything of that nature occur to me? The thing that was confounding me was the fact that I was about to be knocked out of a very huge competition because I had no idea how the word was going to be spelled. (laughs) It was Ethiopian of origin. So I, and of course, that's not a language you typically study for spelling bees, but that's the one I got. So lots of permutations ran through my head. I, you know, the silent P at the beginning, maybe, maybe there's a G, <laughs> maybe. But at the end, I just completely gave up and spelled it just the way it sounded, and it worked out. Is that why you looked I, so shocked when you stepped away from the mic and made that face? <laughs> oh, it was the whole gamut of emotions. It, it was, it was everything but anger. <laughs> Everything but anger. You save that for later when me and you both went out in the parking lot. This is a true story, by the way. Apparently, the Scripps National Spelling Bee has protesters. Did you know that, Crystal? Yeah, you I was there. remember me telling you about that? I was that? there. Well, me and Andrew, we were in, this was in Washington, D.C., where this happened. And uh, me and Crystal actually went with Andrew and my parents to go watch him in one of the years. This was 2009, It was though. not that yeah, year. Yeah, it was two years later. It was a, two years later. We went with them, and we were, because, Andrew, how many times did you go to the National Spelling Bee? A total of three. Yeah. That's right. Three years in a row. So you were the best. Although the first year, I did do far far better than the second, the last two. They changed the format a bit, is my excuse. Yeah, they were just trying to rule you out. They figured you had your fame. You didn't need no more, right? They were trying to keep the man down. Exactly. As it goes. So what I was going to say is, they actually have people that protest spelling bees. We were walking outside of the lobby of the hotel that we were staying in, and there were a couple of people with picket signs standing in front of the hotel that we were staying in. And Andrew, what what was it they were protesting? They were protesting, as strange as it may sound, the English language itself, <laughs> its structure, its spelling, everything that makes it cohesive. Makes they sense. were against. The greatest thing about it was on their signs, they were using the very English that they were decrying to tell people not to use English. <laughs> like, how do people have this kind of time is what I want to know. Like, you're going to pick a call that you're going to get behind and put your effort into it, and it's going to be phonetics. And you know me. I was there, so I'm like, Andrew, we got to talk to these people. Yeah. So, I, and Andrew being, you know, I guess he was 14 at the time then. Yeah. 13 or 14. So I was like, we got to go talk to them. I got to see what these people are about. We walked over and talked to them and they were, they sounded very educated. They sounded yeah. very intelligent. And they British were, even. yeah, they I were. I think I have a picture of these people, honestly. Yeah. And Andrew, we were trying to get to talk to them and debate with them and see if uh, they were trying to turn Andrew to the dark side of spelling. And he would just quit the spelling bee immediately. They probably recognized you as a spelling bee kid and thought if they could turn you to the dark side, then they could (laughs) rule the universe of spelling with an iron fist forever. Very well may have been able to had they succeeded. Yeah. So did you talk to them? Yeah. What did they say? We did. Yeah. Do you do you remember what their response to us was, Andrew, why they were protesting the spelling bee and the spelling of the English language? To my to my memory, and this could 
could be inaccurate, so I don't want to misrepresent their cause because apparently it's it's very noble to them. You know, I'm, I'm not sure I have a good answer for that, actually. Well, I think it was absolutely absurd. I think it's something like they they were saying that uh, trying to force people to learn things like spelling is actually holding them back and just spell things however you feel. And phonetically, was that how they were trying to do it? Just how it sounds? They'd spell it out that way? I guess so. It, it didn't even it wasn't even that intuitive, actually. It was just I mean, the basis of it was, you know, the phoneticism in it. But at the same time, on. Their signs, their example words. I do remember the vowels not being correct for the pronunciation they were trying to use. So they were not only misspelled, but they were protesting the proper spelling. Okay, that seems like a paradox there. (laughs) Yeah. I'm surprised Tom didn't collapse in upon itself while we were standing there. It sounds like a thing that would happen with me being present. It does. I mean, it very well could have. Maybe we're still there and we just don't know it. Maybe we're exactly. still there in 2009 in Washington talking to these people. I feel like Dr. Burdington had something to do with this. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yes. By, the, by the taco trucks and stuff. Yeah, there were some birds. There were some pigeons in D.C. And they were stalking us. Mm-hmm. I know there are a bunch of birds and pigeons look similar, but there was one specific pigeon that was everywhere we went. And we do believe that he was part of a government conspiracy. And he just didn't like the spelling bee. And he didn't like the fact that Andrew didn't take the bait and switch sides, <laughs> change teams, join the evil empire, and protest spelling with his fame. That is part of the reason why I think Andrew has turned to conspiracy theories. Right, Andrew? I wouldn't call that inaccurate. <laughs> but you wouldn't call it accurate either, and I don't think I would. Oh, but absolutely not. No. Not at all. Not no. at all. <laughs> okay, so so back maybe to more about Andrew's star power and quality not only is he a youtube sensation he's i mentioned he's also in a rapper's song how did i not know this andrew can you tell us a little bit more about that am i correct about that you are indeed correct man named kendrick lamar who you may have heard of considering his immense wealth and fame (laughs) um at the end of one of his songs i believe it was called i decided that he would Take the original idea of taking the word negus and spelling it out over and over again in the format of a spelling bee definition. And I'm sure this is all a coincidence as well, but it was N-E-G-U-S over and over. It's too bad that that you weren't able to capitalize on all this fame. It's like people are using your likeness and you get nothing that is what happens when you sign contracts as a 12 year old kid <laughs> well that the fact probably that not our legal. last name is both lay and we don't get a single penny from the potato chip company i don't understand i thought how i was marrying out. into an inheritance and was i mistaken it turns out you were just marrying into massive crushing debt and soul-sucking boredom <laughs> but you know i gotta bring something to this world so hey i do have a nice shirt though so andrew is not just a internet sensation and uh, basically almost a living meme. I wouldn't call him a meme because memes are usually just still frames, but I guess in a way he has been used as maybe a meme type gif, mm-hmm. right? Andrew, you He's think a GIF. it's mimetic for sure. Yeah, that's definitely a word I can't spell. He is very knowledgeable, very intelligent person, and he has a lot of information about things that you and I probably have never even heard of as normal human beings. I'm sure of it. I can't wait for this. 
he is going to talk to us today about a conspiracy theory. And this is actually rather interesting, uh, what he's going to be discussing. And what we will be talking about is the coolest of continents, and that would be... Antarctica, because I'm wearing white, like (laughs) snow. I'm also wearing white, but it's also not just white. It's dark gray or black or something. I don't know. Andrew, what color shirt are you wearing? I am wearing a dark green plaid robe. (laughs) (laughs) That really fits in with the cold of Antarctica, which is what he's going to be talking about today. So, Andrew, there's some weird stuff going on at the bottom of the planet or on the sides of it. If we're looking at it from the flat Earth model, which I personally think is rather interesting. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what we're going to be discussing today, Andrew? First off, we should probably consider that throughout the history of mankind, there have always existed those unexplored lands that usually by navigational error are found by a people for the first time and in short order are inevitably colonized. But this is made evident enough in pondering the circumstance of Columbus and his discovery of India. That is to say, North America. (laughs) (laughs) Basically the same thing. Why not? It worked out in the end for, of course for, some it people. for somebody for somebody after nearly 600 years of evolution. Technology has marched on to the point where even he wouldn't have gotten lost in the first place. These days we have GPS satellites, global navigation systems and access to global communication at our fingertips and in our pockets nearly all day, every day. Hmm. In fact, it takes less than 60 seconds to pinpoint any location on the earth you desire. So long as you have a wireless connection, which we have little shortage of in today's world. You know what? GPS is a lie. I just want to stop you there and say (laughs) that. And I actually think that that should be the subject of this episode, because every time I try to use it to go somewhere, literally anywhere, it just tries to drive me off of a cliff. And uh, once we were up in the mountains in North Carolina, riding around the mountains as you do, Turns out I'm the only one in the car that's not car sick because literally every other person <laughs> in my immediate family gets severely car that's sick. That's why I hate the mountains. Well, that's one reason I hate the mountains. On even a small hill. Mm-hmm. So I'm in the car with four sick kids and my sick wife, who's in the car seat beside me. In the car seat. In the car seat, basically. <laughs> she was being a baby about it, you know, just 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 hard to get along with. And um, I was trying to take us to Grandfather Mountain. Not Grandmother Mountain, (laughs) as Dad tried to take us, you know, the most scenic armpit of the entire Appalachian (laughs) Mountain region. And uh, Google Maps told me to drive directly off the side of a 10,000 foot cliff. I'm actually shocked that you didn't because you are quite a rule follower and you always follow directions. So I was shocked that you didn't obey this rule. Yeah. And to be fair, we probably would have shaved about 30 minutes off of the trip if I had plunged us into the ravine. (laughs) And it seems like that there should probably be a setting in the app that tells you if you want to arrive alive at your destination. Yeah, that would be a good. I mean, it seems like that should be the default setting. Don't you think, Andrew? No, I'm not too certain about that. There are certain meetings that are worth dying for. (laughs) (laughs) Grandfather Mountain being top of the list, right? I'd say so. Yeah. On the eastern seaboard anyway. Yeah, as long as you get over that uh, Mississippi River, there ain't much else to live for, you know? At least Google Google Maps must have thought that at the time. So anyways, I'm sorry I interrupted you, Andrew. Please continue. Oh, that's quite all right. On with Antarctica. Um, 
speaking of the comparatively impressive technology of today's world, it is easy to convince ourselves that we have certainly by now succeeded in discovering every major landmass on the planet. Said landmass is being the seven continents. Mm-hmm. I would like to assume that this is common knowledge to most everyone who lives on this planet by now. In the minds of most forward thinkers, we have already discovered all there is to be explored in the known world, and only space remains as the final frontier. Speaking of the final frontier, don't we know more about space than we do about the seafloor? Why can't we GPS that? I mean, it seems like there are plenty of underwater cliffs I could drive a submarine off of. You know what I mean? You probably would see the cliff in plenty of time since you would only be going 15 miles per hour. You like would have that um, cruise control set like you do in my car constantly. Well, we can both say this is a lie because one, I can't help it. I'm a rebel. And two, cruise control doesn't function under 20 miles an hour. You, yes, it does. No, it does not. And I'm the only person that knows that because I'm the only person oh, well, in the it. world <laughs> that tries it. to put the car on oh cruise control at 15 miles an you hour. You have tried that. I can't believe it. You I'm are so the joking. opposite of a rebel. You I'm are the not. opposite of you. <laughs> I would never go 15 miles you an hour. You wouldn't use cruise control because there's probably a governor in it that doesn't let you do it over 150 miles an hour. <laughs> I never use it. And I get in my car and the green light's on saying cruise control's on. I'm like, what? Turns it right off. Turn it off. What do you think about that, Andrew? Well, I think, and this is just me. This is from a hermit in the Andes <laughs> Mountains who is knowledgeable on the subject. Yeah. But if... I know anything about you, Brett. You have not studied ballasting on submarines. That's a you reasonable assumption. Understand. You wouldn't understand why you're sinking at, say, 100 miles per hour into a concrete wall. <laughs> the same effect in the end if you were to drop too low. I'd be too busy looking at the little green light saying, why is my cruise control off on the submarine? Why is it off? I say, Chris, Crystal's been driving my submarine again. Speaking of these previously aforementioned forward thinkers, there are a spare few individuals who have a somewhat different perspective. What if there is more to the planet that we so boldly believe we have conquered? Chris, I think we should go ahead and get big GPS on the phone. No, I think it's big alien. They're always involved. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you what. I'm about to make a collect call. <laughs> They're right not taking now. your collect call. They never do. A big GPS. You know, you call these gigantic agencies and yet you're against them. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure what that logic is, Brett. Well, I We're have just trying been to known, get a sponsor anyway. We can. Yeah, I have been known to protest outside of spelling bees, so logic doesn't necessarily dictate my actions. You understand? I I do understand, but I do not agree. Okay. Well, as long as we're on the same page about not agreeing, I think we can agree to disagree <laughs> about agreeing about something that we should disagree about. What do you think? I agree. Okay, well, I disagree. So, please, continue with your story. So, these particular individuals have been made aware of the nature of the one continent that stands alone as the enigmatic end of the Earth itself, Antarctica. Antarctica is surrounded by unforgiving, thrashing, turbulent, frigid seas. This frozen wasteland is utterly inhospitable to all but the hardiest life from the near-immortal lichens living and thriving on frozen rocks at the coldest points around the South Pole to the soft and squishy penguins residing at the continent's coastal edge. So how do you know that the uh, penguins are squishy? Have you ever held a penguin? I mean, they sort of look like they have on body armor to me. They walk around like robots. I like to think they're all like the ones from Penguins of Madagascar. Kowalski. 
Yeah. They were cool. We both I have to say, the Madagascar influence has me too. (laughs) Yeah. You've had your fun. That's about all I know about them. You've had your fun, Kowalski. Now pull up. No, Rico. It's Rico. That's Rico. Rico, you've had your fun. Now pull up. (laughs) I don't even know. Smile and wave, boys. Smile Smile and wave. I'm doing it right now, Andrew. I'm just picturing you and your flannel afghan or whatever it was you say you're wearing and you're waving the bathroom. at the uh, the wall with the closet, right? In your secreted away studio of recording. That is exactly what is going on, in fact. Yeah, I know. We've got a camera installed there. Dad did it the other night. I told him not to tell you. Ah, well, that would explain him putting the camera in my room. <laughs> it wasn't subtle at all, was he? <laughs> he probably fell down and hurt himself while he's doing it. Just like his son, you know, I literally hurt myself doing everything. Well, hey, at least dad can roll with it. He typically does. Once again, I'm sorry for interrupting your story, Andrew. Please continue. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Have you ever been to Antarctica? I'm not allowed to tell you by matter of government clearance. Interesting you should say such a thing. Well, in that case, uh, are you even aware of anyone who has ever visited outside of the scientific teams that you hear about doing the studies there? Once again, I can't comment. If you haven't, don't get too down about it. It doesn't sound like you are, but don't get too down (laughs) about it. Okay. As As it turns out, no one is allowed to freely visit or even see any of Antarctica unless they are guided by a special tour organization. So somehow, I feel like that you're putting the word tour into quotation marks. And this seems ominous to me. But if we uh, ever start giving ghost tours in Savannah, I'm definitely going to call ourselves a tour organization (laughs) and make sure the whole thing is in quotation marks in bold. If you want to, I've got an offer to do a ghost tour. Like you need more stuff to do. This organization includes representatives from militaries across the world. And their tour rules are by far the strictest on the planet. Antarctica, in this regard, makes North Korea look like a welcoming, loving place where all can roam free as they please. (laughs) I bet that if I tried to work for that particular tour organization, it probably wouldn't last my customary 20 minutes like I did when I worked at that haunted house at Carowinds, the Halloween. And I would probably get disappeared within the first two minutes of um, walking in the room. Yeah, you definitely would be a ghost. And this is why we can't have nice things. So, Andrew, um, <laughs> I was a ghost at Carowinds. Actually, I was a mannequin. That's right. A mannequin. That's right. I think you might have come on that particular trip, and I don't know if did, you saw fact, me because no one else did. <laughs> you were at the very end of that that attraction. I can't quite remember the name, but you were uh, you were definitely the best jump scare there was in the entire thing. Yeah, I was looking. That's for sure. I was looking to try to scare somebody, and in the end, it turns out I only scared myself. Did they not hire you for that just because of the one audition you did? I forget what it was you did, but it was something like utterly ridiculous that they they didn't have to think on it. They just went right to assigning you a position. Yeah, I remember. I, I think I talked about it on the last episode. I said I thought I flipped a table over, but then I actually remembered what I did. I flipped a trash can over. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about a little waste basket. I'm talking about a full size 50 gallon drum of it? trash. A little bit. Oh, gosh. Did you clean it up? I don't think so. Oh, no. 
But they gave me the job on spot, baby. Wow. It's because they knew talent. And then whoever <laughs> it was that hired me was not the same person that casted me. So okay. let us know more about this tour organization. Okay. Well, you may find out about them. If you were to attempt to storm the continent by your own methods, <laughs> you would likely first be cast down into a frozen watery grave well before reaching land. Hmm. The piercing winds and raging seas surrounding the continent are enough to deter even the most intrepid explorers. But there have actually been instances where individuals have nearly come to land on their own. Mm. And so, just out of curiosity, do you know how far away from any other significant landmass Antarctica is? I mean, is it feasible to get there by boat? The Antarctic Peninsula, which reaches up towards South America, is the closest point to any other continent. And it's a bit over 620 miles of open water. So, not, not too forgiving. Yeah. And uh, you did mention that they are turbulent, frigid seas. So I wonder if it is difficult to navigate by boat. Absolutely. No one can do it safely. So uh, tell us more. Um, has uh, has anyone um, made it there by boat? They never have. At least if they do, they don't remain alone for long at all when they land. They are always met by that special nameless tour group in one way or another. And usually more quickly than it should be possible unless there is a significant detection infrastructure already in place. Which seems unlikely for a landmass that is supposedly desolate, right? One would think you wouldn't need a whole lot of uh, cell infrastructure or communication across an unpopulated frozen wasteland that apparently has no use. (laughs) But they managed to do it anyway. I I guess the... uh, I guess the American people and all the peoples of the world are spending their tax dollars on the right things. Yeah. So, so let's say someone did show up there. Um, how do you think it would go for them if they say step foot on Antarctica? If you are welcomed by them and you will be welcomed by them, it can range from a, hello, thanks for coming. We'll take you back home now. Okay. That sounds <laughs> to, reasonable. On the other end, something more along the lines of, and this is more likely Thanks for trying to visit Antarctica. Sorry we had to drone strike you into oblivion on your little being. <laughs> you were getting a little close and we got surprised. I can't believe that they haven't made a Call of Duty map about this place. I mean, it just seems like the perfect setting for it, you know, with the dinghy and whatnot. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Now we are. Uh, Antarctica's closed. It's closed. <laughs> the moose out front with the bazooka should have told, told you. you. <laughs> Okay, well, now we are, after all, discussing conspiracy theories here. Indeed. So the information we have already gone over should be raising the red flags at full mast. Yes. What is going on in Antarctica that needs to stay hidden from the world? This is a nebulous, interwoven set of conspiracy theories. There are overlaps and contradictions. You can decide for yourself what may or may not be true, but the points I'm about to make certainly defy common reason. I do love it when points defy common reason. It's basically explains me trying to live with Brett. Well, you know what they say. I am an enigma wrapped in mystery and coated with an annoying special sauce. But I bet it's hot sauce. Quoting Andrew, my good brother, I do good work. (laughs) Sort of like the trained scientist monkeys he talked about in a video I'm going to share with you. Can you tell us anything interesting about this particular monument? I think it's tall. Has it been verified by scientific sources? 
we hypotheses have been stated, but we're pretty sure it's tall. Has there been an unbiased outside source to confirm these claims? Oh, not at all, no, no. It's actually a trained team of scientist monkeys that like to eat ma macaroni and step till 3 a.m. But they do good work. <laughs> I, I, I just got to note, the monkeys are still down there under the Washington Monument. They are still doing good work. They are <laughs> trained clear. to do things of that nature. You know, you set enough of them in front of a keyboard and eventually one will type the Constitution. I mean, it might take <laughs> 70 billion years, but hey, it'll happen. I've heard about that. Hey, it's worth the wait for freedom. For the Constitution, of course. If it's such a difficult place to get to and you're clearly not welcome and there's infrastructure, what is it in Antarctica that seems to be something of value that they're trying to hide from us? That is the million dollar question. There, there's not a whole lot of direct evidence to point to any specific activities going down down there, but there is a mountain, as we'll call it, in Antarctica. We put that in quotation so marks, right? There's a mountain in Antarctica that just so happens to resemble an intelligently designed pyramid. There are pictures of the wonder all over the internet, so of course there has to be a common explanation. It's generally accepted that the sentiment is luck carved this mountain into a gigantic, nearly geometrically perfect pyramid that absolutely dwarfs the man-made pyramids of the world we can all visit without nearly as much trouble. <laughs> After all, why would there? How could there be such a man-made structure so old on a continent that people are barely able to access even in the modern age? I told you it was big alien. I bet if someone could get close enough there, they'd find that B-47 that dropped the Tybee bomb. You know, there's probably an airfield there covered in lost aircraft. Well, there certainly are lost weapons there. I don't have any evidence. Like my source <laughs> is myself, but I guarantee it. You 100% stand behind yourself. I do. Looking further into this, these eccentric thinkers make the case that this is actually no coincidence as was said at all, the Earth's magnetic poles are constantly shifting their positions, little by little, at every moment. And regarding that magnetic energy phenomenon, uh, we actually talk about something like this in the Earth being a conduit for energy in our episode about the Brown Mountain Lights. And they think it's a focal point for this type of energy and that's what causes what people see, which they consider to be paranormal activity fueled by naturally occurring energy. Thought it was swamp gas. Swamp gas. <laughs> it's big swamp gas. And I've told y'all from the beginning it's big swamp gas. It's where big swamp gas came from. It's where big swamp gas is going. And if I don't find out where, yes, it just makes sense. It does. It really clearly is laid out. Read between the lines. Don't believe the lie. Take the red pill. Or is it the blue pill? Drink the Kool-Aid. Well, I'm not doing that. That'll kill you. It's the red pill. I'm talking about the Matrix crystal. I'm talking about Jim Jones. Yeah, I know. And there's never a situation where drinking the Kool-Aid is a good idea. Trust me. It's got vodka in it. And strychnine. You know. Okay, oh, well. Andrew. Sorry about that interruption. Please continue. And soon enough, we will connect the pyramid to this this pole shift that I'll be talking about. Okay. So, so through scientific methods and studies, it has been proposed and 
observed, in fact, that the Earth's poles not only shift over time, but are capable to and do indeed completely flip their orientations in a very sudden way with a natural frequency of around 10,000 years. Mm. Delving into where theory meets conspiracy, let's take a look at the following hypothetical pole shift. Ooh, hypothetical. Let's say the North Pole suddenly shifts to where modern Italy is located. Suddenly, the planet's defenses against the sun are completely shifted, turned and reoriented into such a way that Africa freezes over while Canada and Alaska are forced into their new equatorial tropical climate. This is the assumption made when theorists suggest the pyramid is indeed man-made. That at one point long ago, before the last major pole shift prior to written history, Antarctica was in fact a lush and fertile land basked in sunlight and inhabited by a great civilization that has since been lost to the ravages of the earth and time. This, it would seem, is the only possible way the pyramid could have taken on its incredible Euclidean form by man-made intent and design. Oh, math speak. I don't know what Euclidean is, but I bet it's really technical and could only have corners. been... Yeah, it's got corners. And it <laughs> probably could only have been introduced to the Earth by aliens or possibly whoever it is that can interpret IKEA furniture instructions. Seeing that I've assembled a number of furniture pieces from IKEA, I'm somewhat of an expert at deciphering their instructions. I like them because it's mainly pictures, not words. I usually hate directions, like as you know. You know how I hate them. I usually throw them away immediately. But the ones from IKEA are like mostly just pictures warning you of how not to put the furniture together. So I find that very helpful. And it also tells you you should never let it fall on small children. And I don't that's, know why that has to be said, but it's always in the pictures. It's clearly a warning. Yeah. I mean, it's something that, you know, you just wouldn't assume people would know. Yeah. Like, well, hey, look, the bookshelf's falling on Tommy. I, <laughs> if only someone had told us to not allow this to occur. Exactly. Like maybe some hieroglyphics. Exactly. That's, and see, that's the difference between me and you. Yeah. I'll, I'll take, well, you put it side by side. Mm-hmm. Here's a piece of furniture for her to put together. Here's a piece of furniture for me to put together. 20 minutes in, she's three quarters of the way done. I'm still reading the instruction manual before I start. Exactly. Mine's and in the I'll trash. I'll get finished after she finishes mm-hmm. and she'll get finished and have 20 parts <laughs> left I over. I will have extra pieces. That's true. It's still put together somehow. I don't know it's how like, she does it. I got it. this um, standing jewelry box with a mirror yeah. and like he couldn't get it to fit together. I'm like, just let me do it. And then he's like, how did you do it? And I'm like, sheer will. Yeah. And it's like, it's still three standing. three quarters of what came in the box lot, yeah. got thrown away, I, I have believe. a lot of stuff left over, but it looks perfect. So. Yeah. It's a good thing it's not structurally dependent upon whatever we throw away. up weight. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. It's just a mirror with jewelry. Yeah. Nothing of any concern there. Just a massive piece of glass in the bedroom where the dogs are at. (laughs) No big deal whatsoever. What could go wrong? Exactly. So IKEA instructions aside, let's learn a little bit more. Andrew, please continue. Well, you may know a man that goes by the name of Buzz Aldrin. He's a renowned astronaut, and he may very well know the secret of the pyramid. This is evidenced by a comment he made while he was actually visiting the continent. The following quote below is all he wrote in a cryptic Twitter comment, which included an image of the pyramid that was quickly deleted from Twitter's servers, but was saved by a watchful few for the world to see. And I quote in full, we are all in danger. It is evil itself. This was all he wrote. 
Oh, we're getting canceled. Concerning. We're all getting canceled. Well, this show's coming off the air. I'm just surprised that he was able to use Twitter in the first place. That's impressive. He flew a spaceship with nothing I but know, a piece but of that gum was in and the a toothpick. 60s. He's and old now. A computer on board that doesn't have the we functional power. We don't even know how to work Snapchat, okay? That doesn't have the functional power of my Casio keyboard from 1992. Okay, that thing was pretty rickety. We saw it in Washington, but okay. Yeah. I Speaking of conspiracies, I don't know if we actually went to the moon because when I saw that shuttle, it looks like it's made out of tin foil, spray painted gold. Now, I'm not saying <laughs> we didn't go to the moon. I'm not saying That's I don't episode. believe that. That could be a whole other episode. I'm just saying it's a little hard to believe when you look at how fragile this thing looks. I really feel like if I had jumped the fence and touched it, it would have just disintegrated into a big pile of dust. It's probably just a hologram. What do you think, Andrew? I have actually built an identically functioning shuttle myself in the backyard out of trash can and a tarp and a couple of PVC pipes. Tell tell me a little bit more about uh, this uh, lovely family-friendly destination of Antarctica that Buzz Aldrin was raving about. Oh, he certainly seemed to be enjoying it. After the uh, tweet was deleted, in fact, just days later, Buzz Aldrin was reportedly evacuated from Antarctica due to I quote, health concerns. I'm <laughs> sure that's all one big coincidence, though. Uh, you say? Yes. The old health concerns, chestnut. And I, I should note, speaking on the pole shift, Earth's poles have been shifting faster and faster over the past century and do not appear to be stabilizing anytime soon. Mm. I hope everyone's a fan of instant total climate change. Oh, I know. I There's am. going to be lots of beachfront properties in the mountains to look forward to. That's perfect for you, Brett. You love the beach and the mountains. Yes, and you hate the mountains. I know, but if there's a beach there, I hate the beach too. You just like the sun. No, I love the beach. Well, I don't know. It's like you don't seem to be as big of a fan of it as I I would like you to be. I like seeing it. I can see it from my window, and that's what I like about it. I can see it on television, but that ain't the same as walking out there. I can open my door and hear the ocean. Like that's what I like about it. I got an iPhone that sounds better than the actual ocean. If I wanted to play ocean sounds, when I'm making you breakfast in the morning, I get to see the waves. Okay, and well then I will, I, like. I will let that slide. I will stand. I do like to have breakfast made in the morning. And I'm off work tomorrow, so you'll get your wish. All right. Sounds <laughs> good to me. So, Andrew, I uh, appreciate you coming on board here and talking to us about Antarctica. Let me ask you this. You personally, what, what do you think uh, about Antarctica? Do you think it's hiding some massive government conspiracy or do you think that there's any, do you think this theory holds any water? That's what I'm asking. Any particular conspiracy theory in Antarctica, no one can know for sure, but there have been some suspicious, to say the least, occurrences there. Yeah. Uh, apparently it's politically and religiously important enough that John Kerry and the Pope decided to take a long visit down there in the past few years. Now, mm. I don't know if there are a whole lot of churches in Antarctica, but I imagine <laughs> there aren't considering the population. I'm sure John Kerry had some diplomatic things to handle with the lichens. <laughs> exactly. So as I know a little bit about Antarctica. I mean, I know there is a permanent installation there, and I think it's a scientific research station because they love putting <laughs> horror movies and remote scientific research yeah, stations, I think we've seen one of those. whether it's in Antarctica or outer space or like Gaston County, North Carolina, you know, just some <laughs> weird remote location that nobody's going to be. 
And so I do understand it to be a very harsh climate and that it's not a place the average person would want to visit if there is a conspiracy and it's housed in Antarctica. They probably don't have to try extremely hard to protect it due to its remote, inaccessible location, which makes it the perfect place. Yeah, they just got like one guy out there with a stun gun. Yeah. He's like taking a nap all the time. Yeah. So, Probably like Asa off yeah. the Andy Griffith show, you know, had the it's gun. Got one bullet. And he pulls and the gun out, pulls the trigger, and the gun explodes. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't explode because the bullet explodes. It just it falls apart. It's so old. He, he left the screw out of it. He's been meaning to replace it. Yeah. Good old Asa. <laughs> but, you know, you got to think about this. So, Why should do you we need be security? Yeah. Should we be like concerned about this? Yes, Andrew. Should we be concerned about Antarctica? I am. But, uh, Again, Toganai, as the Japanese say, it's not like you're going to be able to go and see what's going on. And if you do, you probably won't be able to tell anyone about it. Well, you wouldn't have to worry about it after the fact then, I guess. Okay. So it'll happen so fast that we won't have to like sit and fret about it. Well, we'll be under the ocean, apparently. Perfect. Well, Buzz did say it is evil itself. So that's pretty strong. That's dangerous. Is this something? Of course, that, how old was he at this time? He could have been suffering from dementia. Well, he was trusted enough to march through the continent uh, unless he developed dementia in the span of a <laughs> Well, that's a week, probably what the I doctors mean. there would or say. Or <laughs> maybe there He's is kind of, an energy there and it, it drove him crazy. And it drove him crazy. That Everything about this, perhaps likely. he wasn't wearing the special metal headband that everybody else wears to control their thoughts, to keep the alien presence from taking over their mind and driving them to madness. Sounds plausible. Personally, I'm still a fan of the full head covering tinfoil hat. Yeah, that's very fashionable. I will say that. And a lot more economical to just go ahead and use the entire piece of the aluminum foil. Right. Okay. Full coverage too, but it's not just a fashion statement. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for bringing us this story about Antarctica and the lovely property there. That is going to bring us to the portion of our episode that we like to call insert graphic here. What What we're we're watching. watching. All right. So this week... We watched another, would this be considered a comedy horror movie? It is considered a comedy horror, according to Wikipedia. Yeah, it's a comedy horror. It does, like the majority of this movie feels like a comedy movie. Mm -hmm. And then right at the end, it gets dead serious. And it's so cool how it does it that, I I mean, I don't know, you might have hated the movie. I love this movie. So what we're talking about is the 2020 film Scare Me. And we found this one on Shudder. Sponsor us, Shudder. Give me Carl Shudder. I love your network. Like I said, just give me a month free. I don't know. I ain't asking for much. <laughs> but so this movie is a unique movie that we watch, and I haven't really seen anything like it. And I'm going to give you just a little synopsis of the movie. Well, first, I have to say something. Okay. We watched this movie in 2020 when it came out during quarantine. And so I have seen it before, but it's been a couple of years and I basically forgot almost the entire thing. So we sat down to watch it last night and uh, I was cold. So I got under the blanket in between the two dogs and I fell asleep. I I don't know if you noticed, but I slept through like the last whole third of the movie. 
Okay, so I guess Crystal's review will be pointless but, and unnecessary. No, but I no, will no, review no, no. it for See, you. Then I read the Wikipedia page to refresh my memory of what I had forgotten. So I did see up to the point where Chris Red from Saturday Night Live was on it, and they were doing their little spiel about the singer. Yeah, and that's where I fell asleep. And so, then I woke up at the very end. So I'm currently casting for a new co-host. <laughs> if anyone has any, did interest. you know I was asleep? Yes, you didn't you say anything. I didn't want to wake you up. You never sleep. <laughs> She's an insomnia. She's a vampire. She is a vampire. We'll go into that in more detail when we ever cover vampires because she is a actual living vampire. So I'll give the synopsis okay. of this movie for our listeners and viewers. And for those of us who did not continue to finish the movie that had actually supposed to be watching it for the review. I'm sorry. It was the dog's fault. It is. They are rather fat. Mm -hmm. and they're rather hot. They got me really warm and cozy. And I was, and they put you I right was to sleep. Out. They've out. done it to me many a time. <laughs> so the synopsis of the movie is that it opens up with a man in a car. Likely an Uber. They yeah. don't really say the name, but he's being driven to a cabin, which appears to be up in the mountains somewhere. And uh, he's talking to his driver and turns out he is a writer. Well, you find out he's a struggling wannabe writer and he is planning to come up to this cabin in the mountains so that he can try to pursue his dream of becoming a writer. And so he goes into his cabin and begins writing and things start falling apart. He's losing power. Things like that are happening. And he's obviously got some writer's block. They're showing you that. So he goes out and decides to go jog outside, as you do if you're someone that is not me, uh, around the mountains. And he bumps into a woman on the mountain. And it turns out that the woman he bumps into is staying directly across from his cabin. And she is actually a famous horror author. And she's written a very popular book that in this world, apparently everybody is intimately familiar with and calls one of the best horror novels ever written. Yeah. Obviously, it's all fictional. But then she brushes him off, basically, and sort of makes fun of him at the time. She's a very brash personality. Yeah. She comes across as harsh, mm -hmm. but um, then he goes and is trying to write, and he does lose his power at his cabin, and his laptop's got a little power left, and it dies. And there's a storm, so. And there's a storm, so there's nothing he can do, and then he gets a knock on his window, I think it was, either window or the door, and it's the lady from next door at the cabin. Well, she comes in, and she's bored out of her mind, she says, and they get to talking, and they decide that they have nothing better to do. So what they're going to try to do, since they're both writers, is tell each other scary stories. And she says she likes being scared. So they take turns talking to each other about scary stories. He starts off, then she tells one. It's a very unique film in the sense that it's not overly done with special effects or sound effects. And pretty much the entirety of the movie is shot inside of this cabin. Yeah. And a few rooms inside the cabin, which sounds like, oh, man, that doesn't sound like anything happens. But it's really interesting the way they shoot this movie and the interaction goes on and on. And you see the mental state of the main character, the man in the situation, as it progresses and changes as the movie moves forward. And I'm not going to tell you where yeah, that goes. Yeah, it has goes. a twist ending. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you where that goes or what happens. But like I said, for a Pretty much the 
first two thirds of the movie or maybe even <laughs> three quarters of the movie, it's a very lighthearted, it's still horror, but it's not like really in your face. Oh, it's scary and awful horror. But then it's more of a psychological yeah. horror movie than like a actual, oh, there's a monster or oh, there's a slasher. It's a psych, which I really enjoyed that aspect mm-hmm. of it because it, it's a study in the psychology of a human and, you know, where, where's their mind go and mm-hmm. how far can you push somebody before it causes them to change into something else or maybe change into what they really are. And when you see that change happen, and I won't tell you who it is or what it is, but when you see it happen, you're like, man, that's actually some pretty good acting, especially from. Yeah, they both did a great they, job. They both did a really good job with she's it. She's really good. at. And, she's, she's really funny. And even with the seriousness of the movie, even with the ending scene, it was funny. Yeah. I had a so really cool so it is overall a comedy movie, but it is horror. And there's this part of the movie that is very psychologically scary. That's and the I, part I slept through. Yeah, she slept through the but best part. But I've seen part. it before. Yeah. I want to know, based on the 20 minutes of the movie you watched, Crystal. <laughs> I watched way more than 20 minutes of Between it. Between one and 12 dog treats, how would you rate what you've read on Wikipedia and watched? <laughs> how would you rate this movie? I would actually rate it pretty high. I would say 10 or 11 out of 12 dog treats because, like you said, it's not gory slasher horror, but yeah. it is it does have some scary moments and it's really well done and the actors were great. Yeah. And I like, I love a twist ending. And even though it wasn't an anthology, which you know that I love. So there were like several short stories and so it made it kind of feel like an anthology. So I like that. Okay. So is it 10 or is it 12? I'll what is the rating? I'll give it 10. All right. She's giving it 10 out of 12. So I love the movie. I recommend it. I say, go watch it. It's different. It's funny. It parts. It's psychologically scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got pretty much everything. And I would say it's probably one of the best horror movies I've seen in a long time. Yeah, it's so, really well done. So I'm going to give it an 11 out of 12. Okay, I think well, I what's might holding even, you back from that last dog treat? Because you know, it back. you know that I got to find the person. And if Psycho Gorman can't give me the full, full rating, then I can't possibly... This was so much better movie. than Psycho Gorman. Yeah, it's it was a great movie. Maybe someday I'll give something 12 dog treats. I don't know. It's not going to be today. <laughs> i tell you what. I'm going to give it an 11 and a half. Okay? We don't do half a treat. Can you put a half a treat graphic up there? I don't even know that I could put a full treat graphic up there, baby. <laughs> I did the best I could. Look, I'm still learning this whole process. So anyways, let's say an 11 and a half out of 12. Okay. And it's because it's great acting. It's a unique story. It has everything a movie should have. Horror. Oh, and it's cabins, under two hours. And it's under two hours, which is literally the main thing, Crystal. Yeah, well, it, was, it might uh, just seem like no, that because you like, slept through. Well, no, 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 no. The first the thing I do when we're going to pick a movie now is I look at the runtime. It was an hour and 44 minutes. That's far more important than content or quality. <laughs> it is to me. Yeah. So that was a great movie. And that brings us to the portion of our episode that we like to call Layla and Coffee Coffee Talk. So, Andrew, I want to bring you back in on this one. Um, We've got, as you know, you may not know, we gave a DNA test to Layla to try to determine what kind of dog she is. Because we both thought she was probably mostly pit bull, or at least I thought that. I thought she was lab and pit bull. So... Did you hear what Layla actually is? I have not. My suspicions were also Pitbull. 
Yes. So, Crystal, why don't you let him know what the constituent makeup of Layla is and see what he thinks. So, she was, what, 24% golden retriever and mm -hmm. then like 21% lab mm -hmm. and then 17% pit bull or American pit bull, whatever yeah. they call it. What is she, 1%? She's 1% Danish Swedish farmhound. Farm dog. Yeah. But the most important thing, and you'll know this from seeing her, is that she is actually 7% Chihuahua. Doesn't that make sense? Really? Yes. <laughs> She's like 95 pounds. Andrew, how big of a dog would you say Layla is for our listeners? She is, uh, well, I mean, she's a meat cylinder that could <laughs> definitely take down a, a man who isn't suspecting her to, you know, her momentum to slam into him. So fairly large. Meat cylinder is the best way to describe her, I believe. So we're actually getting a DNA test. It's currently in process right now for coffee. Yeah. So what, what would your guesses be as to what you think coffee is going to turn out to be? Uh, coffee is, is different. I don't really, uh, I'm not so up on my, my American dog breeds or dog breeds in general. Go ahead and just make one up then. It doesn't well, even have to be I a mean, real dog. I mean, I really do think if I see anything, I see some black lab in her. A little bit. But uh, outside of that, I am not, I, I couldn't say anything for sure. Do you but see I any Welsh schnauzer? Oh, okay. That's you know. a, that's a pretty good guess. What do you think about wharf rat? <laughs> May as well be possible. I mean, Layla is 7% wharf rat apparently. Yeah. Layla is 7% chihuahua, which is actually also wharf rat. Don't you right. think? Yeah. That's an interesting thing to hear that uh, we know that uh, Andrew realizes Layla is a meat cylinder. <laughs> and his guess is that coffee will be schnauzer related. My guess is she's a wharf rat. And Crystal's guess is that she's going to have some hound, right? Yeah, I think she's definitely got to be a beagle or a hound of some basset sort. Basset hound. Because she, well, at least she doesn't stink I, like a basset hound. Yeah. But she likes to I, howl Yeah, when she hears the song Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. Yeah, she does. Okay, I, I do see hound in that mm -hmm. myself. Now that you mention it. She got a little hound. She likes to sing. And like whenever you're going to get her food, she'll like bend down and howl at you. Okay. So that's going to bring us to the end of our episode. And I would definitely like to thank our special guest, Andrew slash the Negus kid <laughs> for joining us today. And I've had a good time talking to you. Andrew, do you have uh, anything you'd like to say or talk about before you go? Just a couple of shout outs. First, my good family of friends, Alex, Emily, and their baby realm. I, they learned about this podcast just yesterday. Thanks so for this. Thanks for, you. for subscribing. <laughs> They're going to get a kick out of that. <laughs> and I would also like to thank the Sharpie queen, Claudia, for helping me edit the script because I sure did not have the correct uh, <laughs> grammar in a lot of places to come off as intelligent. Okay. It's harder than you think, isn't it? What I just said. Writing script is yeah, difficult. It is harder than you would think. But I'm more interested in you saying Sharpie because I think that's another company that should sponsor our show because <laughs> we go through lots of Sharpies when she's writing schedules up and that has to have something to do with the podcast, right? Definitely. Any Anything else you'd like to say before you go, Andrew? I'm about to start walking towards Antarctica. We're going to see how close I can get. Good luck. So just wish me luck. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah, should probably you. Uh, put that into Google Maps and see what it tells you. It'll probably tell <laughs> jump you to off jump the cliff. off the nearest ravine, <laughs> nearest cliff into a ravine. Just go lay down in the ditch behind your house. Well, my plan actually, and this is the genius part, instead of heading due south, I'm going to head due north. So I go over the northern ice cap well, and go all the way down that would work except in the flat earth model antarctica actually rings around the earth 
Oh no! The ice wall. The ice wall. We didn't even get into <laughs> right. that. Oh, That's a goodness. whole thing. So oh, we could talk about that for episodes upon episodes. I'm sure. <laughs> yes, but that's for another, another day. day. So thanks for being on, Andrew. I hope we'll have you on again soon, and you have yourself a wonderful evening. Well, I appreciate you having me. So you can find us online if you go to www.scarysavannahandbeyond.com or www.scarysavannah.net. You can find us on social media at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. TikTok. Thank you. You've finally fallen in line. I am. I'm, I'm paying real close attention today. I bet you are. I'm That's hyper-focused. five-hour energy. It's the five-hour energy, the, the bulletproof coffee, and the um, coffee Coke with vanilla. Coffee Coke with vanilla. Zero. Zero. Coke, give us a call. Big Coke. <laughs> yes, Coke, please. No. <laughs> and you can give us a call if you'd like. There is a small icon in the bottom right hand of your website browser. You can click on that, leave us a voicemail directly, and then we will be able to respond to you through the show or through email or however you want. You don't have to sign up for anything or even give us your number. Just go there and send a voicemail. But if you would like to give us a call, our phone number is 912-406-2899. Once again, that is 912-406-2899. Please visit our Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash Gary Savannah. We've got several tiers you can choose from, and you can do it for as little as $3 a month. And at higher tier levels, you can get some pretty cool merchandise. And we are going to have some exclusive Patreon-only content yeah this is gonna be exciting it is gonna be exciting because you're gonna get to see more brett yeah don't tell them that then they <laughs> won't subscribe it's just gonna be awful and you can also if you're so inclined buy my lovely co-host some more coffee if you click on the little yellow icon on the bottom left of our website screen where it's just very mysteriously and cryptically says buy me a coffee and buy her a coffee or two or three and keep her fueled for the ongoing foreseeable future for our upcoming trek to Antarctica. You got to get big Antarctica on the phone, right? They scare me more than big alien. Well, they're in cahoots. Makes sense. I've waited to use that word for months. It's a great word. Cahoots. I can't believe you didn't even make Andrew spell a word. I didn't. You know, I guess we'll have to have him back on here. (laughs) So that's going to do it for everything, I believe, except for the one last thing. Join us next time in Savannah, where the ghosts and the good times live on. Now it's time for me to go, because I've got to go find out what's on the other side of Antarctica. I wonder if there are ghosts in Antarctica. I probably. All right, so here we are at the end of the podcast, and we are going to announce the winner from the March merchandise giveaway. Right, Crystal? We are. And the lucky winner is... Jennifer M. We're not going to say your full name just in case, but we will be contacting you so that you can pick out your free t-shirt or or coffee coffee mug. mug. We even have a new coffee mug designed with Layla and coffee on it if you prefer. Yeah. Or our original logo. I will email you at the email you sent in here and we will give you the options that you have to choose from. And if you just respond to me on email, then uh, we'll get that to you. And everybody that didn't win keep an eye out because we're going to do this every single month so yeah, there are going to be have the new questions up soon so you can enter for april and maybe you'll win next time probably by the time this episode airs the new questions will be 
on the website. Yeah. So go in there. You've got the entire month of April to enter, and the first episode in May, we will announce the winner from the April contest. So thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy whatever it is you select. Please send us a picture when you get it of you wearing it, doing some cool paranormal thing. (laughs) Unless it's a coffee mug, which would be weird to get a picture of you wearing, but I don't know. Stranger (laughs) things have happened, you know? Take it to work. Yeah, that would be less interesting, but you could do that too. (laughs) Thank you.